Live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys. This podcast is made in cooperation with the Jewish Journal, www.jewishjournal.com. Over the last decade in Israel, binary options has become a term that carries with it a heavy stigma of fraud and theft, and is generally associated with shady people. But it hasn't always been like that. For a long time, for many people, it was just another sector of the financial industry which was raking in a lot of dough. It actually provided an opportunity for many people who otherwise struggled to make a living in Israel, an opportunity to make good, if not honest, money fast. On the 23rd of March, 2016, Simona Weinglass, a reporter for the Times of Israel, wrote an expose of the binary options industry. In it, she described a world that thrived on deception, illegal activity, and ultimately, preying on the weak. Since her expose in the Times of Israel, Simona has been covering the battle against binary options in Israel's parliament. Today, the industry is well on its way to being taken down. This episode is a rerun from a year ago when Simona joined us to talk about this dark industry and how she came to uncover it. This podcast is made in cooperation with Secret Tel Aviv, Israel's largest online social network community in English. Just look for the group on Facebook or visit them at secrettelaviv.com. Subscribe to Two Nice Jewish Boys on iTunes. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate us. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. What is binary options? Okay, so... So I'll, let me, I'll tell you how it started. I was a new reporter at the Times of Israel, and I was looking around for investigative stories to do. I had done this expose of, um, of foreign workers and how foreign workers actually have to pay these manpower companies um, thousands of dollars just to come here, and then they become indentured servants. And after I wrote that story, I started getting all kinds of um, emails from people saying that you need to expose this other injustice in Israeli society. Got an email from a guy named Dan. Um, he wanted to meet with me. We met. He, we talked for three hours sitting on a park bench, and he told me all about his time working in, in, in several binary options companies. And I was floored. I was completely floored. I did not I did not believe what he was telling me, just that there was this huge scam happening in the biggest skyscrapers in Tel Aviv. And you know, there were thousands of people involved and possibly billions of dollars coming into the country and it's been going on for ten years and the police are doing nothing about it. Everybody's in it. Every what do you mean everybody's in it? It's true. So so I, I, I didn't believe him, but then I started to ask people. I asked people at work, I said, Have you heard of this thing called binary options? And someone said, Yeah, my roommate works in it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. roommate also works in Within it. Within that Anglo Saxon <laughs> bubble in Israel, yeah. it really touches everybody. Right. In one place or another. Yeah. When, when was this that you sat with him? So this was in January that oh, I sat wow. with him. And then it took me about a month and a half to gather enough evidence to actually publish a story. And um, the story, well, the, the story was, I, we had a lot of readers. I, I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know. I think it, it had 22,000 shares at one point. Now maybe it has more. A lot of people read it. And what was interesting is that people, very few people said this isn't true or you got it wrong. A lot of people said most, I mean, there was just this vast outpouring of people saying, yes, this is exactly right, and this is a disgrace. And some people said, 
um, tried to justify it, but very mm-hmm. few people said that the facts were wrong. Me or, or, or actually, some people said you're right, but it's even bigger and even worse than you think. <laughs> but wait, oh, let, no. let's take yeah. take a step backwards and, and what it is. What did you hear okay. from Dan okay, that did, blew your mind away? What did I hear okay, from Dan? So Dan told me that he um, and others would wake up every morning they would go to call centers and nice buildings in Herzli and Ramat Gun and um, they would call people abroad and ask them to invest in a product called binary options basically what they were offering was also to the mic okay so so basically yeah basically what these companies were offering was is a kind of investment in, in a in a financial product called a binary option. So let's say there's something like gold or silver or diamonds. If the price goes up within a certain amount of time, you get 70% of, of the sort of the bet, but they don't call it a bet, of, of the amount you put on, on that particular wager. And if, um, if you're wrong, then you lose the, the amount that you wagered on that, on that particular trade. Um, if you win, you get 70%? About 70%. Plus 70%. I mean, you get the money. You keep your money, and you and get another seventy percent, and then if you and who's get that that seventy percent comes from the company? Yes, I mean they they they're somewhat vague. I mean, there's the way it actually works in in most of these companies, and I have to say that binary there is a legitimate product called binary options. There are exchanges in the U.S. where you can buy it. There are certain a few companies in Britain that offer it. There are it, banks that offer it. It wasn't like something that was made up for no, that. It, it wasn't made up for that. They took something that was co- is an exotic option. It wasn't very commonly used, and they took it for the purposes of this particular industry, in in it mainly focused in Israel, and uh, right. And so it's a it's it's kind of like gambling, right? So when you when you go to Las Vegas and you gamble, you wager. You wager, I don't know, a hundred dollars, seventy dollars will come back most of the time to the gambler if you, if you, whatever, guess correctly. So mm-hmm. that's how that's how binary options work. You usually get about seventy percent back. It's it could be different in different companies. It could differ. Um, but the more you trade, you're going to, you know, if if on one trade you get seventy, you're right, and you get seventy percent back. And then you trade again, and then you trade again, and then you trade again. Eventually, you lose all your money, even even if you were guessing correctly. But that's so that's fine. That's a form of gambling. What's the problem with binary options? Um, a few problems. First of all, the investor is not told that they're gambling. They're told that this is an investment. They're told that they can sometimes they can quit their job. They can they can work from home. They're made to think that it's not chance. That it's an intelligent that, decision. That there's right. That it's not chance. Yeah. That there's that if they you know if they study um, the Wall Street Journal, that they'll be able to figure out they'll they'll be able to beat uh, beat the odds. That's one thing. The other thing is it's not just gambling, but it's a rigged roulette wheel. Meaning, the companies if if there is someone who's actually um, doing very well, the company can intervene and make them lose. So, so their numbers don't necessarily, so let's say gold goes up and someone's on a winning streak, but the company's not too happy with that. Many of the companies are able to make that person. To tweak the numbers. To to tweak the numbers, right? And actually make the person lose. Right, exactly. And the other problem is that um, very often in, in many of these companies, 
even let's say on the computer screen if you won $100,000 you will never see that money because you are just unable to withdraw either mm-hmm. they postpone it and postpone it yeah. and postpone it until you can't withdraw or they give you a bonus and then they say you can't withdraw your money until you've traded a certain amount so effectively most it's a lose-lose situation it's a lose-lose right exactly wow so this i mean this seems like a incredibly fraudulent business but my question is if if this is the situation, it's illegal, if I understand correctly, to actually uh, sell these options to uh, inside Israel. Correct? Yes, yes. Meaning they have to sell them overseas. They have to sell them to the European market. And I mean, they're not allowed to sell them to the, I mean, in the United States, it's also illegal to be, to sell to United States citizens, right? Right, right, right. So, um, okay. So the, all these, uh, this online trading business in Israel started maybe 10 years ago mm-hmm. and even you know eight or nine years ago there were reports of people losing all their money you know people losing millions of shekels to these companies and um the there was a decision that they had to be regulated but it, the legislation took a very 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 long time and these companies were allowed to operate as long as the legislation was still you know in the works go, going through the knesset going through the committees these companies were allowed to operate Last year, I believe, um, I, th- I believe it was it, it was some time in 2015. The law was passed. Okay. Um, and and then shortly afterwards, I think in April of this year, Shmuel Hauser of the Israel Securities Authority said, "No more binary options. Binary options are illegal because it's gambling. It's not investment." Only inside Israel, though. Pardon. Oh, but. Um, the Israel Securities Authority then said, but the, this only applies to Israelis. This only applies only if the investors Israelis I mean, is illegal, but they can off. But but if, you know, if the British or the French want their citizens to have binary options, who are, are we, we to yeah, stop them who are from we being to stop stupid? Them, and this, right? He said this in what, when 2015, you said? Last well, the, year? the law was passed in 2015. Uh, okay. he, um, he said that binary options was gambling and not permissible in... I think, or, well, it was outlawed in April of this year. Uh, okay. And just to be clear, binary options and Forex, mm-hmm. s- same thing? Like Forex companies? They're the not same. exactly the same thing. They're, they can be Fraud the same. wise <laughs> Right, exactly. No, so, so as legitimate businesses, they're not the same. But when they get into this fraudulent... Right, so, so Forex... So there, Forex, there's a continuum of legitimacy versus not legitimate, meaning there are some Forex companies that are a little, they're a bit more legitimate. And then there are some Forex companies that are basically just like binary options where you never see your money again once you put it in. And so that's why people often talk about Forex and binary options together because they're talking about this, this scam. Uh-huh. Um, Forex, it, it works a little bit differently. It's a little bit more complicated. And I think, that's why binary options was invented because there were there were these scammy forex companies and they could only get so many clients because you kind of had to be a nerd to really be interested in forex and to really understand it and to understand you know margin calls and and, and to understand all the terminology and then they realized if they simplified it and gamified it and made it more like gambling where it's just yes or no they could attract a lot more people to this kind of investing game and that's why binary options was invented right i see so what what i don't understand is i mean i get the logic of like if the these foreign countries want to allow their citizens to buy 
you know, this, the how is it? But now I understand that Shmuel Hausner is saying that we're going to crack down. And Netanyahu even came out and said something, if I'm right. not mistaken. And they are saying, I mean, I don't get how they had that logical jump before but now they are they are they they are saying that they want to crack down right. even on on any kind of binary options right um selling it to to citizens abroad what i wonder is is how much of this is talk and how much is is you know because also we know that in israel the government can literally fall tomorrow and then everything that they spoke about until that point is forgotten forever right and provoked yeah, it's just no one remembers it, and there's a whole list of other shit that we have to take care of. So how much is, I mean, do you have hope? I think they do intend to pass a law and shut it down. Mm-hmm. I think they definitely do. I don't, they're not lying. Question is, how long will it take? The last secure, the, la, the, the law that regulated the online trading sector took I don't, it took years and years to pass right that's that's how we got to the situation we're in now i mean this industry didn't start out as big as it is mm-hmm. it was able to grow over 10 years in the absence of any law enforcement whatsoever so i guess it's a question of how quickly they do it there there's a um there's there are several trade publications for this industry and one of the trade publications that for the forex and binary options industry is called finance magnates and they had a really interesting article that they published yesterday and the article basically said if if binary options companies paid corporate taxes which you know obviously we know many of them don't but if they paid corporate taxes of 25 or 26 percent then the israeli government would get 1.25 billion dollars a year so what they're saying is that the profits of binary options alone are five billion a year, and they're saying it's eight billion. I don't know if that number is true, but that's the number that they put out there. And then so, there was another expert who commented on the article, and I said, "No, I think it's closer to five hundred million dollars a year." So that's. Yep. But they are taxed. I mean, well, no, these companies are taxed by um, Israel. The the payroll, they, the 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 workers are taxed. Uh-huh. These companies are not listed in Israel. So okay, so the way it works, right? is it's it's very very interesting and very complicated i don't know if this is something you want to go into on the podcast but you'll have you have a company in israel right so let's say you go to work at a binary options company it'll be called um shmuel's binary option company no it, it won't be called that it'll be Yossi's, called Yossi's. it'll be called pfp P, I hope this isn't the name of a real company, but it'll be called PFP Media or PFP Marketing or something like that. Some, right, generic. Some generic, it'll have media or marketing in the name. And that's the name that will be on, on everyone's pay slip, right? People will go to work in that office and it, they'll be operating some website called XYZ Binary Options. And that'll be the, the name of the website. Then there are four or five shell companies, one's in the British Virgin Islands, one's in Great Britain, one's in Cyprus. They've got, you know, a million different companies. And of course, Sealand. Just kidding. <laughs> right. Sealand? You know Sealand? That's, no. <laughs> there, there is such a thing. Yeah, go right ahead. So they've got, they've got you know, f- I don't know, five or six different companies with five dif- or six different names, and they move the money around between these companies. Um and the marketing company, the PFP Media Company, only gets, um, they get as much as they need to sort of cover their expenses. So I don't know how much money they're actually making on paper. 
Right. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like all yeah. the millions of dollars that this company are, is making, to I don't know that basically it's funneled being... through offshore companies. Yes. What I'm trying to say though is that the state does have, um, like an interest. Some, like, uh, but not I, much. I, not much though. Not much. Meaning they're getting taxed. But if you from the take into minimum. account also the forex companies and also the gambling company, the online right. gambling, which to me I'm not sure how different it is. You know. Well, I'll tell you what I think is the difference, which is what the, the as the a poker player or as a well, as a degenerate gambler. <laughs> no, but uh, the impression I got from reading your article is that it is it's like almost the same. And I was like, what's the difference between gambling? But it's like the dealer is a salesman. It's like because when you get when you go to a casino, you get you have the dealer and he's dealing you you know the cards or the whatever or he's doing the roulette thing. But he's pretty like uh, uh, neutral. Right. He doesn't do it. So it's like you go to a, ga- a casino and the ga- the the dealer is a salesman that's not only selling you but he's lying to you and he's convincing you that you're going to win. It's a dealer that's saying, "Hey, you should put money on this number because I I guarantee you you're going to win. It's an amazing idea." And and he, they're targeting also weak people. So it's like a casino where not only the numbers are always in the casino's favor, but they're like they're just tipping the scales <laughs> right. beyond belief. Right. And and like you're drunk and you're out of money. And yeah. and the dealer says, No, stay, stay, stay. Here, here, borrow some money, sell your car. And, yeah. And and put some more yeah. So it's like I I agree with you that the that the gambling companies are definitely taking advantage of these weak people and they're convincing them to put their monies in these and it's it's probably also a very dirty and horrible business. But it's at least also straightforward. Yeah, but it's at least straightforward. It's at least saying this is what we're doing. Mm. Whereas binary is like, this is an investment. You know, this is something that's smart. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. I, I think that you have a point, and I just have anecdotal evidence of this, but I saw, I, you know, I, I saw the bank statement of one of these, one of the victims of a binary options company. And I could see he was addicted to gambling because he had charges from Ladbrokes on his, you know, on his uh, credit card statement. He had charges from all these online gambling companies. But you could see he'd spent $200 at Ladbrokes and he'd spent $10,000 at the binary options company. So because he knew how to control himself when it was online gambling, but he didn't. Yeah. 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 He didn't know how to how to do it with the binary because because that's the problem is you put a veil over it and all of a sudden it becomes it becomes something legitimate. So what made Dan approach you then? What what was like the what you know what he felt and what he yeah what, that's what was his purpose in approaching you? Um, I think his his father's Israeli and. You know, he grew up in Australia, and I don't want to get into Dan's yeah, personal yeah, yeah. No, life, no, no, right? No. But he, you know, he moved here. So when he moved here, you know, in part because why did I move here? Because you want adventure, but also out of a kind of idealism. And then he, you know, he comes, and one of the first jobs he gets is is working for people who basically, I mean, in one of the companies, um, you know, in some of these companies, the owners have bodyguards and you don't know the, the owner's last name. And you definitely get a feeling that these are not, um, these are the criminal elements of society. It's and, not Best Buy or... <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> it's not Best Buy. No. It's more like Target. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah. So do, I mean, do they have ties to to these to i mean do they have the only the feeling i'm sorry we'll get i want to <laughs> i don't want to but do they i mean they they do they just have the feeling of criminal elements or do they also have yeah so um so whenever you have easy money and, and binary options is easy money and it works and if you run a binary options company well you can make more money than you ever imagined so when you have that kind of business it definitely attracts mafia and criminal elements and it also attracts you know your typical startup guy who maybe tried and tried and tried to have an exit and he looks around and he sees his friends you know buying penthouses in tel aviv and he thinks he deserves that too um so he starts a binary options company and i've seen a lot of that in the startup world where um you know where you've you've got a few angel investors, I'm not going to mention their names, who've, you know, part of what's funding their investments is the binary options company that they have. So... Yeah, no, I mean, that's... I think that... I, I was don't know, surprised Ethan, that no, Noor didn't go no, into binary. No, I see you in 20 years, like, in no, that position. That, I was going to say, when I got my penthouse, I felt that, <laughs> that you... I was right. very afraid that you were going to go into binary. Well, I, I, I think the only way you'll have a penthouse is by... <laughs> going into binary yeah yeah i'm working on it i'm working on it no but i've i've uh but but, just i just want to emphasize just so many questions yeah yeah. i just want to emphasize the point that the relation between olim and the binary option companies i think that's yeah that's a thing that should we should mention right yeah yeah what is the, the relation the correlation between the relationship between olim and the binary options industry well these companies i mean most of the money many of them you know before the before the isa before the israel securities authority passed their law many of them were were operating were targeting israelis also but now that they're not allowed to target israelis and most of the all of the businesses abroad right and and to talk to people abroad you need language speakers and you need convincing language speakers and who better than immigrants from those societies who can speak huh. really really well you know and convincingly right. and just came in there you know aimless and they're, and... and they're desperate and and people who just come are very vulnerable they don't know the language they don't know the society you it, it's really interesting it's like milgram's experiment you put them in a situation where they're they're this is their office it's in a nice building they don't I mean, this is their introduction to Israel and yeah. they do it because they don't have any other choice and they're disoriented to begin with. They could work in an ice cream shop in Ben Yehuda, but obviously they don't want to do that, right? I mean, wh- which, is, which is baffling to me because it's like, why wouldn't you want free ice cream <laughs> like <laughs> on a daily basis? Um, but, but how much does an Ole make in such a company? Do you Do you have any clue? Like, um, well, you know, some of them make maybe 8,000 chuckle base salary, but then there are the bonuses. bonuses and right. if you, if you're really good at selling, you can make a lot in bonuses. So I mean, very tempting overall. Yeah. It's very tempting if you can live with yourself. You know, I mean, basically if you're a salesperson, some people work in marketing, so they, they're a little bit 
they can distance themselves from what they're doing. But if you're a salesperson, you know that you're ripping people off every day. Yeah, not only you know it. <laughs> it makes me think about uh, the, you know, the carts yeah. and malls yeah. of mm-hmm. Israelis. Yeah. Again. So I have a confession. I, I worked in that actually. <laughs> I, I went after the you army. You are such a which slimy. Is, which is which is really like perplexing because I after the army I'm an American, so I have American citizenship. So it's like why would I do that? But I was yeah I I moved back to the states after the army and I was sold this idea that you're selling these products. I didn't know what it meant. Like I didn't know that it was that it was just glue in a container <laughs> and you're telling people it's dead sea salt. It was the, the optimistic option. <laughs> glue is the optimistic. They're right. lucky to get glue. It's just, At least you can do bur- something with glue. They can, <laughs> they can stick something with it. It's not bird shit. It's not, yeah. yeah. So no, it's actually, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even fathom that. I just knew that there was this product to yeah. sell and that you could, if you sold really, the idea that I had in my mind was if you sold really well, you make a lot of money and it's not that hard to sell. And I didn't realize what that meant until I started. And then you start and you realize that there is this, this fraudulent, and, and, and there's a lot of cognitive dissonance, so people are rationalizing, but there's this fraudulent business where you're, you have a limit, like you have a lower limit for a product where you have to sell at $20 was the lowest, uh, was the lowest product. You, had to, you couldn't sell under 20 but you were always encouraged to sell it at more. So you would sell one at 60, 100. If you could sell it to someone at $300, go ahead and do it. Which it doesn't register that it's like that's 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 not that's not how like a, a healthy economy works. You don't just like sell on the yeah. moment. You sell like according to, you know what I mean? There's yeah, fixed yeah, yeah, prices. Yeah. So isn't it a like in a sense? <laughs> yeah, what mean, i'm getting at is yeah. you know you know what i'm saying i'm saying there is like a um a pattern here yeah of us the startup nation anti-semite anti-semite uh, <laughs> warning warning anti-semitism coming up no but there no. is a, there is that question of what's the relation there is that question yeah well i mean it's very yeah it's very unfortunate that this is we're so those those fraudulent Dead Sea product salesmen, I mean, they're doing a terrible disservice to Israel, right? And someone, you know, whoever, whoever's in charge of the anti-BDS movement, right, you know, they should work on shutting those people down because those people really do, they're, they're just negative propaganda for Israel. Um, the, but, so... The, the scale is different. The, the scale, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the scale... This this if if people were being scammed out of two hundred fifty dollars each in binary options was perhaps in the beginning people were being mm-hmm. scammed, but it just got just some of the people who are losing money are losing everything. I, I could tell you a person who yeah please do please called tell me us. Th- yeah. this is really off. I mean I'm I'm still shaken by a phone conversation I had this morning, but someone called me <laughs> from an african country okay and he lost fifteen thousand dollars but this was an african country so this was everything he had and he said that his wife and child left him because he wasn't he was useless to them at this point he's really bad he told me he wanted to kill himself but that he had figured out that that this company was in ramat gun and he was going to travel to israel and blow himself up next to the company and he was going to take everyone with him 
Okay, wow. this is I mean, this is what yeah. Funny podcast about life in Israel. <laughs> this is not a funny podcast. Yeah. So I so I I told I tried to tell him you know no there are, there are people in Israel who will help you and please don't take your life and obviously don't take anyone else's life and he said no no I'm not gonna I want people but I would do that you know he but um what I'm saying is. He's there's not just one person like that. There, he's only the one who got you and had had approached no, you. But, but for I've, one, I've, I've been approached by hundreds of people. First of all, right. hundreds of people have lost that kind of money, yeah. and they're but they probably represents hundreds of thousands or thousands. There are thousands. I mean, there are millions of victims. There are probably there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, who have lost you know their life savings or their pension. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I remember reading, I think it might've been your article about how people, the consequences and, and the effects that it has on people. And I, I remember specifically reading the word suicide and being taken aback by that, by how much of a, it, it kind of, it always brings up that, uh, what's that movie boiler room, Yeah, yeah. which it always brings that in the, in the, in the father and the family scene and which is, I mean, it's funny to relate it to a movie because this is so real, but it's just like, I, I can't fathom that, but it's, it, the effect is real and it's, it's, it's yeah, we're it's speechless. It's, yeah, but, I don't know. And what about the Olim who worked there? Did you talk to like people who were uh, like refugees from that, those companies or I don't know how, how to yeah. call it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, so what's the effect in the long term? What's the long term effect of having worked there? I, I mean, I, the people I talk to, <laughs> the people I talk to are people who regret having worked there. And not only do they regret having worked there, but they're so bothered by what they did that they feel like they have to do something and, and what they're doing to kind of expate themselves and to, uh, you know, to make amends is they're going to talk to a newspaper or maybe some of them have gone to the police or, or that sort of thing. I don't talk to, there's many other people who, so, so what are the effects on the, on those people? Um, I think they kind of lose their faith in what I've seen. This is really sad, but I've seen people kind of lose their faith in Israel and want to leave. That's, isn't that sad? Because these are the people that Israel needs. I mean, Israel, I, so I actually lived here for three years in the 1980s. I'm old, like I'm old. Well, you look 20. Right. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, as a, as a teenager in the 1980s and I remember, and I do remember, and maybe I'm looking at it through rose colored glasses, but I do remember society that was more idealistic and more cohesive and more equal. There wasn't this kind of inequality. And I don't know that money was so important for so many people. There were other things. And I've seen the society change and I've seen the values change. And, um, but a lot of Olim who come here, that's why this country needs Olim because they still, some of them still naive. They're still naive and they still, you know, they still want to be some part of something bigger than themselves or they, they want to contribute or they want, they have ideals. And these are exactly the people this country needs to kind of give itself. Revive some, it. Revive, right? From the, from the disillusion. Shake it up from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and instead of, instead of kind of being revived and renewed and rejuvenated by these people, this country. Pushing them out. 
yes, like destroying, crushing their souls and crushing their idealism and spitting them out. That's really unfortunate because that, I mean, that's what I've seen. I've seen people who were, I don't know, campus activists for Israel, loving Israel, coming here, working in this industry and leaving completely disillusioned. So, so, yeah. so question. Okay. Because oh, I want to like, I want to kind of. How are you of, holding up, Eitan? You're, you're okay? This is really yeah, depressing. Yeah, it's depressing, but really I want to shift it to a positive okay. note. So so let's talk about. Hanukkah is coming up. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a great comedy on TV. No, there's, um, I want to I wanna talk about the legislation because let's, we've talked about how, you know, horrible this is and, and the thing that's taking place and, you know, the effect it's having on people. And how wrong it is, and what what's going on right now? We talked about Shmuel Hausner and the the Israel Security Authority and what they're doing. What I mean, are there special interest groups in the government that are trying to halt, that are trying to stop this? I mean, what's preventing it from tomorrow being presented as a, as legislation and then passing, you know, a fast track onto being becoming Where's law? Where's the interest? Where where are the lobbyists? Who's who's fighting who? No. <laughs> um, well, the industry itself, which has a lot of money and employs thousands of people, I mean, they're an interest. And then there are all the industries surrounding it. I mean, there's a lot, there will be a lot of, if they shut this down and they shut it down properly, not just cosmetically, there'll probably be, you know, more than 10,000 people out of work. Seriously. Well, I, I don't know. Nobody knows the numbers, right? I told mm-hmm. you. Nobody knows how much money this industry makes, but I saw that in the marker they said it was about 15,000 people working in this industry. Some people say 5,000, 8,000. Some people, I've heard 20,000, so nobody really knows. But there will be thousands of people out of work. It could, it could, I don't know, because I'm not an economist, it could cause the housing market to crash, right? Because you have all these people who might not be able to pay um rent and mortgage more rent and mortgage yeah, probably and, these people like the leaders of these companies bought lots of, of real estate high-end real estate i yeah, mean they're making yeah. you know hundreds of thousands if not millions a year so so that's okay so that's probably an interest i mean the, the politicians themselves are looking at that and saying this is this could be yeah. this could be a huge blow to the but do you think that there are lobbyists i mean you said you don't know but do you think perhaps that there are do you do you i don't know do you know of lobbyists that are actively pursuing you know uh, uh fighting these kind of legislations or, or or something that's going on you know because is there any effort to prevent such laws that's or is it just I not th- on yeah, the... i think they would be stupid at this point public opinion is very much that these companies are scams so i i don't imagine that there would be a knesset member who would be actively supporting it supporting it but they probably if they did it they would do it behind the scenes yeah um yeah it's it's also not so much on the agenda meaning it it is the the public opinion is against it but it's not so out there i didn't see many articles about it coverages especially in hebrew in hebrew i'm speaking i mean you're saying that the marker had an article but well, and I mean, until recently, I'm not going to name any specific publication, but I think all or many of Israel's business publications would publish advertorials from these companies. Uh, right. Okay. Because the media here isn't a huge problem 
advertising wise yeah they're struggling they're struggling it's probably one of their only means of income yeah and so they think twice before before doing something to upset those people uh, publishers yeah that's what yeah yeah and um the the me i am surprised i'm i'm very surprised that the that the media here haven't covered this more i mean they they have covered it but they haven't made it a real priority and it's a little bit shocking to me um i i don't know the answer i mean i could speculate but i i don't know the answer to yeah, that yeah. yeah no i don't but i mean do, do is there anything i mean i guess what what can people do is is my is my question to kind of like what do you mean to, I mean, is there something that people? That's can... so it's such a Jewish thing no, because... to say. Oh, what can we do? No, no, in the positive way, not like oh, what can we do? Like it's it's gonna be like this, you know. So There's in what way? I'm saying, what can we do? Is in like in honestly because I I know. I mean, I've 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 uh, um. I've been, I don't know, I guess uh, I've been living in the Anglo bubble here in Israel for many years. I mean, I've been here for almost 10 years, if right. not over. And I've been in that bubble. And and to be honest, it's, I mean, when I, I think it was when your article came out, but I think there was, and a, 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 maybe there was an article before, I don't know. But there was a period where people, and it was recent, where people were talking about, oh, did you see this thing about binary options? And it was kind of like surfacing that it was like not okay. But I know that until that point, and still, a lot of people that I know, a lot of friends are kind of, you know, either they've worked in it or they know people that have worked in it. And still it, considered legitimate? Exactly. It doesn't seem such a taboo, which I wonder is maybe is part of the problem. Maybe that's what people can do. Maybe It, it, it should be like prostitution. Basically, like if you told me you're working, I don't know if prostitution should be like that, but right. maybe they, maybe they should switch. Maybe prostitution should. No, no, but I mean, no, yeah, I think saying... prostitution isn't as bad. No, I agree. Well, maybe pimping. Then. I agree. Pimping. Yeah. Pimping. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that's yes. what I meant. Yeah. But but I wonder if, if that you think could maybe maybe that's part of the reason that people aren't, you know, that people aren't wary of of, of approaching this industry because it's not. It's totally taboo. It's unacceptable. not. It's not a taboo enough. But but if you know what goes on in there, it should be totally taboo. That's I the mean, problem. the only reason it's not taboo is because just the appearance from the outside, like a, it's a but nice think, office building. But you do you know what goes on? Do you? I mean, yeah. I, I didn't realize up until I, I, I yeah. You know, I first, I, I, I it, it, it was just surfacing somewhere in my subconsciousness. Then I heard your uh, editor, chief editor, uh, Hor- Mr. Horowitz, uh, at uh, Galitzal, at yeah. the Israeli uh, military station. He was talking about an yeah, article yeah. two weeks ago, and then s- suddenly it struck me. But up until then, even I didn't fully realize the amount of damage and the the, the tragedy the, the scope of the fraud because yeah. can you tell us for example about the swedish um uh yeah the two swedish men. i mean there's so but those two swedish but there's so many people like this i mean this happens okay there are these two swedish men brothers they didn't have such an easy life they grew up in foster homes they never married and they kind of lived together they worked at jobs retired and then they started you know they, they got involved in binary options because part of the problem is the interest rates are so low you know how does the, the phone call work how does the phone call work 
So, so often you'll see, um, someone will see a video, um, how to get, we have, we have a system, we, we have a way to beat the system. This is a secret that rich people don't want you to know, um, how to beat the stock market. We have a special algorithm, etc. Um, and people, this video will appear, I don't know, this video will appear on YouTube millions of times and then a few people will watch it, um, some small percentage and sign up to, to learn more. Um, and then once they sign up, they're immediately contacted by a binary options company. How, how does a phone call work? Um, I mean, you, I mean, yeah. why do they tell them? They tell them can like, you, can you act it out? Can I be a poor? Can I be a poor? Can I be a poor old lady named Edna? And you and you sure. and you take all my life savings. I have forty dollars. I have forty dollars. No, no, it's not. It's uh, it's not a joke. It's not it's a not, joke. It's not but a joke. I mean, you know, it's just We're feel just like trying it's so to light, dark. light up. Yeah, light up. There, <laughs> no, but yeah. it really, it's it's just it's horrendous. You're hoping person, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like. I'm oh, trying to, to redeem try to, myself. To try to, um, so back to, to the back to the give us an idea of what it is of what what the, how the phone call goes down. I mean, I think like. Um, you know, are you're looking to increase your income? Um, what are you looking to do? Oh, you're looking. Are you looking to buy a boat? We can help you. I mean, I mean, I haven't actually so really... been on the receiving end. This is just what I've been told. Yeah. yeah. But like, we, um, how much are you looking to make? Um, we want to help. You know, very yeah. professional. Because yeah. one of the thing in the Swedish brothers that mm-hmm. we should get back to article was that they mentioned the sweetness and the f- maybe flirterish yeah. Uh, yeah. ambience yeah. of the phone call. Yeah, women make what I've been told that women make so much more money, and the yeah, they're just if if a woman is a good salesperson, they just rake in the money because of the flirtation factor. Because the typical um, the typical victim, shall we call them, is often male and often kind of a middle aged man. I mean, that's what I hear most often. Mm. I don't know why, because. Because maybe a, it's an interesting question, right? But maybe a man in his fifties is, and it's not. There are all kinds of victims, but often he's getting closer to retirement. He's getting worried, and he does. He just knows a little bit about technology, but not a lot, and so he's easy to trick. Right. Yeah. Basically, the most desperate creature on earth is a fifty-year-old yeah. Western male. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> and then a young woman. He had a young flirtatious woman is talking to him and. Yeah, I mean, it, I yeah, it presses all the right buttons, and then yeah, then he takes out the wallet, and yeah. we're talking. I mean, we're talking big sums. Yeah, like, I mean, it depends. Not most people don't lose, but the vast majority of people lose two hundred fifty, and then they sort of don't continue. Right. What about the, the? So back to the yeah. Swedish, for for example, what what happened to them? Um, they started small. I mean, they started with a small amount of money. And they're retired and they spend a lot of time on the internet and they got called, not probably called every single day. He was called every single day by this woman. He probably started to look forward to getting calls from this woman. And she told him exactly what he wanted to hear, that he couldn't lose because his policy was insured. He could only, if, if he lost, he would recover his original son because his policy was insured. And if he won, he, he could make a decent amount of money, which is what he and his brother wanted. So they lie in the conversation. I mean, they lie straight ahead. Yeah, it depends. Way. I mean, if the company is regulated, then there's they're 
a little more restricted what they say, but some of these, yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. What happened? Okay. He's yeah. going to cry. <laughs> no. No, he's just, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do they lie? Uh, look, yeah, I mean, a lot of the companies just lie. There's nothing to stop them. If the companies are regulated, they're, I suppose, there's someone listening to what they're saying, so they're a little more careful, but. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, be- because, yeah, that's, the, I, it's, I yes. know what to say to that. It's so sad and we talked in one of the previous shows about some some very uh, ambiguous concept of the collective jewish shame yeah right <laughs> yeah and it it relates in such intensity to me because it, it it really makes you shameful for all of us in a sense and it really makes you wonder what it is about this co- because for example, like in other countries, are there also binary option companies? Like, are we unique? Well, um, there are other scams. This is our scam. Like, binary options is an Israeli scam. <laughs> I mean, there are other scams in other countries, obviously. Are right. we Are we uniquely scammers? I mean, I, we... I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't... What I, what I would say is that... Um, what I would say... Look, we we created the state, right? And okay, and although we strive, I suppose, to protect the rights of minorities, but it's kind of defined as a Jewish state. Okay, so when you define your state as a Jewish state, you're kind of re- representing Jews everywhere. And then you better live up. If you're representing Jews everywhere, you better behave well. I mean, we could just be any old country and we could sink to the level that like, we could be really corrupt and sink below Italy on the level of corruption, be somewhere between Italy and Bulgaria. And that would be fine. There are plenty of corrupt countries in the world. But if we're calling ourselves the Jewish state... Comes with a responsibility. Right. Then then, then you have like this, you know, I don't know, 3,000 something, I don't know how many thousand millennia old tradition that you kind of, you have to sort of, you know... If you speak for it, then you've got to uphold the morals and values. And it's really it's really embarrassing if the state of Israel doesn't crack down on this because this goes against everything that our tradition stands for. This is really, really depressing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, but it's, it's important uh, to, it is to be said. to talk about. Yeah, yeah I think. I, I, to me, at the end of the day, that's the core issue. Um, the bigger picture. The, the 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 social implications the social but yeah the Jewish but the, the values the Jewish values the and well I think that I mean I I I heard you from over there <laughs> from the bathroom <laughs> yes I had yeah. to I had three beers I couldn't like <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore <laughs> I was I wanted to be like should we go out for a song but I <laughs> no, just no, wasn't we, no, able I to, don't think we'll do I wasn't a song able today. to suavely like se- yeah. segue into it so I was just like all right peace out <laughs> like I couldn't anyway yeah but what I I think that I think that I mean yeah I think I agree that like most most cold, most societies have you know shit going on and it's just a matter of weeding it out. I think the question is are we going to do that? Are we going to are we going to get down and do you know to the to the work and 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 take care of it which is just a matter of legislation and you just need to pass laws and are we going to do that? It, you're always going to have people who are looking to make the easy buck 
and who are going to be able to to kind of like uh, uh, rationalize that cognitive dissonance of like this is wrong, but it's so normalized and everything. And I think that's my that's you know the question is like aside from legislation, what can you do? And I think that that's the other thing is that there's gonna be people that are okay with doing shitty things in society, and the question is how does society aside from legislation again prevent it is like make it not normal make it not okay make it right. like when you hear of someone you know do binary options because i honestly i've been at bars yeah. where people have been like dude i make four hundred fifty thousand sh- shekels a month and like everyone's drink on me yeah. i have binary and, options and, and people are like dude that's odd and I, they I'm, say I'm binary kidding. they say binary and i guess it's from a lack of education or something but people are like wow 450,000 man yeah that's so cool and it's just it's cool because it's a lot of money and there's not much education so i think it's not a matter of like pointing at that guy and be like thief thief but educating people you know not being afraid to be which i was in that outing i was i I, because i knew but i wasn't very educated but educating yourself and then and then coming to those scenarios and being like do you know that that's actually a fraudulent industry? And explain it to that person, you know, because they obviously know, but the people around them maybe don't. And making that person subtly. Of course, making a podcast about it. And then making a podcast about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that that might be what what can be done. And can I be the, like, <laughs> I, I want to say <laughs> asshole, but I can't. So can I be the asshole? asshole? And... Uh, because we were, uh, we we we, <laughs> we were told <laughs> we were yeah we were uh, new new nude about being saying shits and f- there was a guy who commented and we love you man I don't know what his name was Avi or something who commented on the podcast he was like great podcast just uh, less shits and fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like, okay. what, what I don't want to ask is the unpopular question um, what about the people I, where where's the the um, the responsibility yeah. of the of the of the men yeah. at the end of the line where's the people's responsibility oh uh, that they're like they're responsible for being like you know for you know because i'm i'm all into yeah each one is responsible for his own faith thingy yeah and and take your life in your hands and 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 you know that's generally how i see things and here it's a bit perplexing for me but what do you think about that People don't people also have a bit of responsibility not to fall in frauds? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And I, I asked, I've talked to a lot of victims and they're not all, I mean, you'd be surprised that some of them are smart. Some of them have PhDs. I think the common thing that the thing that they have in common is that maybe they're trusting or they have, faith in other people and um no i i don't i don't agree with that because i i think (laughs) because i i think that it's if if we all went around just not trusting anyone we wouldn't be able to function as a society so functioning in society means that we like I when I cross the street I trust people to stop their cars right and when I take um it's a big mistake here in Israel (laughs) right Right. how come you're alive and and when I when I go to a restaurant I trust I trust that my food is not poisoned and 
you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you, there's trust. You have to trust. And all these people did was trust. And they're not stupid people. And and ev- I'll hear a lot of people say, well, what kind of person would give money to a stranger over the internet? But if you think about it, you've probably given money to strangers over the internet, you know, on eBay or whatever. So, yeah. so it's not, it's just, it's, it, to blame the victim is really, um, it's really a cop out and it's really not taking responsibility and it's really awful. And I don't want to live in that world, you know, where, where like you think, oh, well, I'm smarter and I'm stronger than other people and I can just victimize whoever I want. And also some of the, like, there have been 16 year old kids who've fallen victim to this. So like, are they responsible? I I don't know. I I just disagree with that. I I think, yeah, I think that it also, there's something to be said about like, no matter how smart you are, you can be, uh, you can be convinced and persuaded. Like there are salesmen who are, you know, you see like the Wolf of Wall Street, which is obviously a fi- uh, uh, um, fictionalization or whatever, not a fictionalization, but a drama- dramatization yeah. of, but Jordan Belfort was a real person. And I'm sure like, however intelligent I think I am, you know, or however, yeah. eh, I think I am. Right, right. I think I am. But I think that, I mean, he probably, you know, he, his persuasive skills can overpower, you know, a lot of people's intelligence. And that's what it comes down to is that it doesn't matter how smart you are. You, you know, some some people want to believe. They want to have hope. They want to, you know, they want to think that they can make millions. Well, Simona, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm speechless. You're doing, you're a saint and you're, you're doing you great really things. Because you're taking, yeah. And we adore you for that. And we thank you. And to all the victims, we apologize in on behalf of our nation. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, we can do that. We can do that. Absolutely. I have no problem. No, because I'm shameful. Because there's no consequence. It's like, what's going to happen? I apologize for they're gonna, Israel. They're, gonna, uh, they're all going to send you a bill. They're going to file an official complaint. No, but, but, but it's also, not going to come back to us. No. Um, and, and, you know, and, and Godspeed to, to Times of Israel and to you and to your editors for, for doing that. And yeah. just, I hope justice will will be made. Yeah. Um, and uh, anything else, Satan? We're no. Like, thank you, really. Thank, thank you, so you for, much for coming. coming. I think it's important to. I think really one of the one of the most important things is, as I said, and I th- I think I made clear, is to educate people and make it clear what the issue is, and then yeah. Well, if someone's educated by us, I mean that's. Well, I mean, she educated us. Yeah, I mean by our that's podcast. That's the direction of the education. But right. thank you, thank you, thank Simone. you so much. Thank you.